eye as we continue through this psalm. <clears throat> and uh, let's read through these verses. We're looking at verses 49 through 56. The Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. I remember thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. So we're going to look at three thoughts uh, here this afternoon. We're going to look at a request, uh, what we need to recognize, and what we need to remember. Lord, I pray for your help this, this afternoon as we uh, continue through Psalm 119. I'm so thankful for this uh, psalm, so thankful for your word and what we can garner from it. And I pray that we would, uh, again this afternoon, be encouraged by your word and challenged by it. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'd help us as we uh, are done with lunch and um, uh, we've got the whole family in here today. Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, help us to be able to focus for just the next several minutes and, and help us to receive from you here this afternoon. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at a request in verse number 49. Again, the Bible says, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. The word hope typically looks to the future, does it not? Uh, I hope so. I, I hope that one day, all those kinds of things, looking to the future. But hope is only as good as what the promise that that hope is based on. Um, if someone were to say they have a broke down car, say, do you think your car will start tomorrow? Well, I sure hope so. That hope's probably not very strong. When we look at hoping in Scripture or hoping in the Word, uh, it, it brings a whole different connotation because hope is typically unsatisfying. Um, when someone says, I hope so, typically there's not a whole lot of great confidence in it. Uh, you know, I, I like sports. Hey, will your team win the championship? I hope so. But there's no, no promise in it. There's no confidence in it. There's no certainty in it whatsoever. But when we're talking about God's Word, hope is different. In my Bible, I have the word, um, word, the third word of the verse, and the word hope, the last word of the verse, circled, and I have a line drawn to them to connect them. Our hope is based off the promises in God's Word. When it comes to hoping in God, hoping in the Lord, it is based on the promises of God's Word. And, and a request that we should ask is, is not uh, remember me so much as it is remember the Word. Uh, remember we talked about this with David and in his Psalms where he is praying and he's reminding God, not that God needs reminded, but he's reminding God of who he is, of who God is. God, remember you're merciful. God, remember you're gracious. God, remember you're forgiving. Uh, kind of just saying, Lord, please don't give me what I deserve. Remember who you are. Same is true here in this verse. He says, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. So my hope is based on your word. God, remember your word. <clears throat> then we need to recognize in verse number 50 and 51, uh, we need to recognize verse 50, this is my comfort and my affliction. For thy word hath quickened me. We know that to be made me alive. Uh, the proud have had me greatly in derision, yet 
have I not declined from thy law. We need to recognize that God's word brings comfort. You know, this is my first my first word of counsel to anyone going through hardship is is read. There is prayer is so important, prayer is so powerful. We need to be praying, but my first piece of counsel is read. And you know me, I hate to read. If it weren't for the Bible, I would think reading was a sin. It's wicked. Why in the world would you waste your time doing it? Um, they say all the great leaders in the world read, and then they name off all these wicked leaders that read books. I'm not falling into that trap. Um, we need to read God's Word. It brings so much comfort. Uh, a man that was in our church in Indiana, he passed uh, um, last year, I guess, two years ago. Um, we've prayed for Courtney, it was her grandfather, Ed. And when we came to the church in Indiana and uh, began pastoring, Ed was such an encouragement. He was just one of those guys that uh, was there to encourage. And Ed had been through a lot in his life. He was paralyzed from the waist down uh, while he was in the military. A very freak accident. Um, he was uh, sleeping on top of or getting up on top of a roof because the guy that was supposed to replace him at his guard post was sleeping. So he was getting up to wake him up and have him come to his post. And uh, shrapnel hit him from an explosion and paralyzed him. And, uh, and so he had that. He had been through um, broken marriage uh, marriage is, actually. Um, and he had been through some dark times in his life. And he told me, he said, Vince, he said, when I uh, was going through my darkest of times through my divorce, he said, the book of Psalms, it, it, it kept me stable and eventually pulled me out of the darkness. And although he had friends that were encouraging him, family that was encouraging him, it was God's Word that brought the comfort. It's good for us, we should as Christians, uh, as family with one another, Christians, brothers and sisters, we should encourage and edify and lift up and comfort one another. But nothing is going to have the power that God's Word has. And you need to read it, it's going to bring comfort. Through troubles, through trials, through afflictions, all those things should push us to our Bibles. Yet, oftentimes, and we've talked about this before, when we're going through those moments, we run from the Bible. We get farther away from God. Whether it's our angry at God or whether that it's just we are depending on ourselves to pull us out, whatever it is, it seems like too many Christians, they go through a hardship and they go away from God. We should draw closer in those moments. Understanding that and through God's Word, we can find comfort. God's Word brings justice. We talk about God being a just God, a righteous God, meaning, and I've said this I know a million times, but meaning that he must punish evil and reward good because he is just. And so when you come to God's Word, it brings justice because it helps us see that when I'm doing what God tells me to do, God will take care of me. So yes, that brings comfort, but it also helps me understand that when I do right, it doesn't mean I'm not going to go through the trial, but it means that God is going to bring me through it at, at some point, And God will be with me during the trial as well. David got laughed at. We looked at this this morning, and then he slew Goliath. You know, you sit there, and, and people would, would, would ridicule David for his stand, for his doing what it seems like all of the trained soldiers should have done. 
And because he had faith in God, he saw justice. He was rewarded. We just have to obey God. And, and listen, I hope this doesn't come across as me giving you a checklist of things to do, because that's not the Christian life. But it has to start somewhere. And we start with the simple obedience of doing the simple things, so the reading God's Word, the praying, the going to a place that teaches God's Word, the church. If we'll just start with those three simple things, that's the diving board, that's the trampoline, that's where we start from. Yes, there's more to it than that, but we got to start. So many people say, well, you know, I can't read for a long period of time, or I can't read a whole chapter. Okay, read a verse. Read a section of a chapter. Uh, some people say, well, uh, an honor, this is an honest thing that happens to a lot of people. Well, I started to read, and I started in Genesis, and I'm just going to read through, and then all of a sudden they get into some books that it's, for lack of a better term, boring, hard. The application of it isn't as clear for us today. It's there, it's still applicable, it's still right, it's still profitable, as God says. But it's hard. So I always tell people, if you're going to start reading the Bible, if you're not reading the Bible and you're going to start reading the Bible, you start in John or you start in Romans. And understand you don't have to read from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. A lot of people will start in Revelation. They've heard a lot about it, think it's cool. But if you're just starting to read the Bible and you start at Revelation, it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's not going to be easy. There are better places to start. Nonetheless, what's important is that you're doing it. Some people will read and they get discouraged because they don't understand something. And instead of trying to study and find out the answer or asking for help, they just close the Bible. Say, well, didn't work for me. I didn't get it. It's a starting point. Obey. Recognize that God's Word brings comfort and justice. And you will, if you'll read, you'll see those things. It'll be very obvious to you. Then, number three, we need to remember. And very simply, we just need to remember who God is. Another thing I say a lot is, if you know who God is, you're more apt to serve Him. You're more apt to obey Him. And when you're going through life, and in this situation, in this part of this psalm, the psalmist is going through some trials. And what helps the most is understanding who God is, remembering who God is. Look in verse 52. I remember thy judgment of old, O Lord, and I comforted myself through the remembrance of what God had done. It says, Horror hath taken hold upon me, because of the wicked that forsake the law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. As I've wandered, as I've run, as I've been attacked, as the wicked have been forsaking your law and making my life hard and maybe even miserable at times, he says, thy statutes have been my songs. That's been my focus. Again, when you're going through hardships, what are you focusing on? What are you thinking about? The Bible says whatsoever things are pure and honest, and, and I'm going to get them all mixed up, but think on these things. What do you think, think on when you're going through trials and struggles? 
Do you think about the struggle? Do you think about the trial? Do you think about the people who hurt you? Do you think about the, the hill that you're about to climb? Or do you remember God's statutes? Do you remember who God is? Verse 55, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. Uh, in Sunday school with the teenagers, we're getting ready to go through some of the attributes of God and uh, some of the names of God and different things like that as well. And it's a great thing to look at and a great thing to understand. It's a, it's a relatively easy study if you take the time to research it and go through it. And learning what, who God is and what God does and what God is capable of and what His names mean. He's called by several different names which outline really His, his characteristics and we see this, this wonderful thing about it. And here the psalmist says, Thy statutes have been my songs. And then he says, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. And I've kept thy law. I believe that the keeping of the law is a result of remembering the Lord's name. I believe that the obedience that the psalmist is, is portraying here is a result of remembering who God is. Because I'm telling you, listen, I'm a dad. I'm not perfect. My kids would tell you things that would make me blush that I would just be so embarrassed if they did. That's why we threaten them within an inch of their life. My kids obey me because I'm their dad and because there's a consequence if they don't. But there are times where I tell my kid to do something and I guarantee that they've thought, well, Dad tells me to do this because God says, children, obey your parents. But God also says, don't be angry like that. And they can see my faults. And they may obey me because they don't want to suffer the consequences of not obeying, but their heart's not obedient because of who the authority is and the example that they've given. But with God... He doesn't make mistakes. With God, when God says, do this, I can never look at God and say, well, you say that I'm supposed to obey you, but then you went off and did this. Well, I saw you do this, or I heard you say this, or whatever it may be. With God, if I remember who God is, it will lead to obedience. If I remember who God is, good and bad, right? I say bad, God's not bad, but good and bad. If I remember who God is in the sense that uh, God sees everything that I do, it, it should help me obey. If I know who God is and God says, I hate sin and sin has consequences, it'll help me obey. At the same, same light, if I understand who God is, understand God loves me and he gave his son for me, it should help me obey. How much God is has, if I can use the word, invested in me. The fact that the mercy, the grace, the love, the forgiveness, the kindness, the patience, that should help me obey. Remember who God is. Verse number 56, he closes the psalm, or this section of the psalm. This I had because I kept thy precepts. I had the the, the reminders. I had the comfort. I had the, uh, uh, the knowledge because I've kept thy precepts. You're not going to see what God did for you unless you're obedient. I, I hope that makes sense. Uh, 
Um, God blesses obedience. And if you've never been obedient before, you're missing out on what God can do. Or if you haven't been obedient in a long time, maybe you've forgotten what God has done for you. Story of the prodigal son, when he finally gets to rock bottom, as we'd say, and he's sitting there eating with the pigs one day, and he'd rather be eating the pigs than with the pigs. And he remembers, you know, my dad's servants have it better than I do. I can go home and I can be a servant for my dad because I've seen what dad does for his servants. He takes care of them, he feeds them, he houses them, he clothes them. He remembered what his dad did for his servants, but he forgot what his dad did for his children. And the prodigal son goes marching back down the road, rehearsing his speech. And it's a parable, it's a story given to us, but he's rehearsing his speech and the, and the dad sees him coming. And the dad runs out to greet him and he hugs him and he kisses him and he rejoices that his son had come home. And his son was reminded of how his dad treats his children. But when he thought back to his dad, he thought about how he treated his servants. And that was way better than he treated, than he was being treated with the pigs currently. But in obedience, understand how God treats his children. Understand how God takes care of his family. And if you'll remember who God is and what God has done, it should help you to obey. But the more you obey, the more you're going to see God. The more you walk in His ways, the more that you read Scripture, the more that you study Scripture, the more that you pray, the more that you faithfully attend church. And I know I'm a pastor, and I know that's, you think it's cliche, but I'm telling you it's right. The more that you do these things, the more you're going to see God. The more you're going to know God. The more you're going to understand God. And then it's going to help you to be more obedient. But it starts with the simple things. And understand that if you read your Bible for two minutes in the morning and don't come back to it for the rest of the day, it's better than no minutes. But you're not going to get a lot there. But it's got to start somewhere. Read. Pray. Come to church. I believe, and I'm very biased on this, that we go to a church where the Bible is presented clearly truthfully. And I hope that you do too. If you don't, you, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> All right. Or maybe you should at least talk to me first and then we can go from there. But uh, the Bible is what helps us. The Bible is what changes us. The Bible is what brings us comfort. The Bible is what teaches us who God is and how we're supposed to live to honor and please Him. All of Psalm 119 is about God's Word. And I'm telling you, it's crucial. So request for God's help, for the hope of God. Recognize God's word brings comfort and justice and remember who God is. It will help you do what God desires for you to do. Lord, I pray for your help. I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in your word. We're so blessed. I, I just, I wish that just for a week, 
we could live in a country that doesn't allow God's Word so that we could just see how precious it is. But Lord, thank you for letting us have your Word. And God, I pray that you would um, grow us. I pray that we'd be more faithful, more obedient. And Lord, I pray that you would comfort us through your Word, grow us through your Word, teach us through your Word. God, I pray that you would um, just strengthen us as individuals, as families, and as a church. Lord, that we can be the lighthouse that you desire for us to be. And God, as we seek to follow the Bible's pathway, would you continue to guide us as you promised that you would. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back on Wednesday night at 7.